Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today, Spencer and I are hanging out up at Ward Performance Institute. We've got Tucker Ward and we've got Drew. Drew, I forgot your last name already. Hull. Hull. But uh, yeah, we're going to uh, hang out. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball today. Uh, these guys are doing a really fantastic job helping um, you know kids from, from all levels, you know, middle school, high school level, all the way up to the professional level, uh, really improve their, um, you know, their pitching mechanics, their velocity, all kinds of great things. And I'm uh, really looking forward to diving into this episode. So Drew, Tucker, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. No, it's yeah. really good to be here. Yeah, yeah these guys. For having us. Yeah, absolutely. You guys both have a, a really impressive background. Why don't you kind of, uh, you know, just introduce yourself a little bit? Kind of give us a, a, a quick, kind of brief overview of some of your playing careers and, uh, you know, how you guys uh, ended up here uh, working with all these athletes. Yeah. So my name is Tucker Ward. Obviously, I, I own Ward Performance. We started it in November of 2019. So about to hit our three-year anniversary. That's mark. awesome. That's crazy to think about. So actually originally, so, you know, my main job is I'm MLB agent and draft advisor. Originally this place was gonna be made for, to help guys with draft prep, you know, get track man data, get analytics, everything like that. Um, one thing I've learned as an agent is the best way you can help a guy with value is to make him better on the field. You know, so everyone's talked about the marketing or this or that, which is great, that comes with it, but you help a guy throw harder, hit, hit harder, run faster there, they have more value. For sure. So started as that, and then we started actually getting people knocked on the door wanting to train here and all that stuff. So it kind of made it public, made it bigger, it started growing. And then after a year is when Drew came on board. So hired Drew and ever, you know, ever since Drew's came on board and been my head trainer and everything like that, it's really, everything's really, you know, expanded and grew. Got some really good results. This is, I always kind of wanted to have a facility. My, you know, background wise, I played professionally, played collegiately at Louisiana Tech, University of Mobile. I was drafted twice, drafted out of high school, turned it down, went to college, drafted again and signed. Played four years professionally and then got into the agency business. And then after, you know, four years in the agency business, three years in the agency business, I started this place. That's cool. What a, what a fun blend to have, yep. you know, that agent side of things, but also that performance side and then the personal playing experience too. It's a really fun yep. blend and it can add a ton of value. So, no, yeah, Drew, what about you, man? Yep, so my name is Drew Hall. Um, I have a little bit of a unique playing history um, in the in the case that I was extremely good at high school at the high school level, um, won Mr. Baseball for the state of Tennessee uh, for the 2A division, and just realized based on the offers that I was getting pretty early on that the reason I wasn't getting the looks that some of my peers were getting was because I didn't throw hard enough, despite having the best possible stats you could possibly have. Right, so like right there, that kind of like planted this seed of I am missing something that I need to have to get to the places I want to go. And that's kind of what led down this road of figuring out how to throw harder, uh, super deep dive into like performance, uh, eventually traveling out to driveline several times, getting biomech reports, learning how to read them, learning how to interpret them, learning how to like take that data and create actionable plans through drills and weight programming. Um, and then eventually getting to the University of Memphis where I was just made out of glass on a training table the whole time. That led down some other, some other paths where I learned a lot about how to take care of your body, how to stay healthy while you're pushing performance and things like that. Um, all knowledge that came full circle when I started to work here, obviously. Um, but ended up getting to where I was throwing pretty hard um, and threw on Drive Lines Pro Day. 
and was going to get picked up by the Brewers and then failed my physical due to a heart condition. Oh, but, um, yeah, like, we're, we're, like pretty unique stories. Like, Trey's just having to figure it out. Um, I think, too, Drew, tell them about, like, your velo journey. How old you through in high school? You know, because it's a cool story how you got your velo later in life. I think – yeah, because that's big. Everyone wants that velocity yeah. ASAP, right? They're just like, yeah. oh, man, like I need to be throwing hard today. Because that's ultimately what they think is, you know, it's an important metric for them yeah. to be able to, to, to get looks and things. So Right. So I threw probably 87 to 90 in high school. Uh, maybe on a really, really good day. It was like 91 or 92. And even through college, I uh, had Tommy John, had a couple knee surgeries. Um, but even after that, still only throwing 91, 92, right? And I'd already been, so I was very undersized in high school. And just t- people told me, get stronger, get stronger, get stronger, yeah. get stronger, put on weight. Um, and then obviously in college, I weigh now close to 200. Wow. And I'm still throwing the exact same speed, right? So I'm like, I'm just understanding that I'm missing puzzle pieces along the way, which inspired me to kind of just like figure it out on my own. Like I was like, no one is going to be able to give me these answers, obviously, is the way I felt. Um, so around age 22, trained on my own, just left Memphis. I had a year of eligibility left, just left, got my degree. I uh, was throwing in the park. Uh, Veterans Park over here in Hendersonville just by myself with a radar gun Um, just putting it together and got up to 92.95 using a lot of the similar training tactics that like obviously I employ here with the with the athletes and then eventually even as recently as like two years ago was up to 98. Wow Um, that's crazy yeah, so just, I didn't even throw a ball over maybe 93 miles an hour until I was 22, 23 years old um, wow. and now I'm 26 and even like I had a basically a tear in my labrum from nine to three and was still throwing 95 um as like four or five months ago so yeah. and we got uh, video proof to back it up do you yeah. good good i was gonna hope you guys had that on video <laughs> right yeah. for the haters we got we got the proof. <laughs> that's awesome so what were the things then that like you started learning on your own to say like all right man these are the things that i'm missing or the links that i'm missing to, to get me there because you're right i mean it doesn't really happen later in life i mean most no. these kids are really getting this stuff mm-hmm. early yeah, and hanging yeah. on to it yeah, so for me, it's like some some wasn't adding up. I was looking at the way we were lifting in the college level, especially like everything was pretty standard. Like you've got push, pull, squat, deadlift, right? Like I'm like something's not adding up when you look at the other sports. Like you're told not to lift upper body, you're told not to press overhead, whatever it may be, whatever 1980s baseball pitching coach says. Um, then you look at other sports, other throwing sports like javelin, cricket that biomechanically are near identical to throwing yeah. a baseball, right? And you'll get how they're training. You've got javelin throwers snatching 350 pounds over their head. Obscene. You've got them benching four plates, five plates, right? Doing intense plyometric exercises. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying like you don't have to build up to that, sure. but I'm just saying like the, the philosophy is obviously completely different. And so for the, when I was really gaining velocity, um, I just stopped training like a baseball player. Like, I yep. didn't want to read Cressy stuff. I didn't want to read <laughs> Tread stuff or whatever, right? I'm like, I was studying javelin throwers. I was studying cricket throwers, right? Interesting. How they train, looking into, like, max effort isometrics. Um, and just really kind of deep diving, like, trying something new, looking for some novel stimulus that's going to, like, re- basically rewire how my, my body's learned to move yeah. over the course. And that, obviously, um, different mobility and things like that as well that come with that. Um, and that's really kind of when I started seeing big uh, differences in how I was moving on the mound and uh, how the ball was coming out. That's crazy, man. That's really cool. What a, what an awesome story of you, like, deep diving into your own stuff. Like, I know for, for us, like, any, like, personal injuries we've had, I'm so much better at treating those injuries now because I've had them myself or, like, mm-hmm. somebody who understands it and who's, like, really walked it and, like, owns their own story. Like, 
that translates super well into when you're working with clients, literally trying to get to the exact same goal that you were trying to achieve yeah. as well. So, um, man, so you, we were talking about some of y'all stats earlier. I mean, like, walk us through like some of the outcomes that you're getting with some of the athletes that you guys work through. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, three, four mile an hour changes in a couple months, and then overall the course of the year. And again, I think it all comes back to that consistency piece we were talking about earlier as well. So, why don't you guys speak to that a little bit and um, yeah, how that pans out? Go ahead, Drew. Right. So it, it kind of depends on where the athlete comes in, obviously. Like the, the pro athlete that comes in who is usually pretty good at taking care of their body, already in a really good spot strength phase, they have some idea how to move. You know, those aren't really the guys we're talking about gaining four miles an hour. So you have these high school, especially upperclassmen, juniors, seniors that are maybe 6'2", six, 6'3", six, uh, feet tall. They move terrible. They move drafts, poorly coordinated, yeah. terrible stability, low strength, right? And you just kind of put them in some of these constraint drills with the plyos and just teach them how to use what they already have um, a lot better. And, and most of the, like when you see those big jumps rapidly, it's not a result of any like physical stimulus or adaptations taking place because it's such a short period of time. It's almost always like a re-education of like, oh, I thought I needed to sit super deep into my glute to throw, or I thought I needed to like get my chest open at uh, foot plant that those strikes or whatever right yep. and you just teach them like oh well that's actually not what we want to do that's like really counterproductive and then as soon as they understand like oh that's like that was a poor pattern and we reinforce that with good patterns like and show them on the radar gun or like with video or whatever it may be um that this is actually a better pattern that's when you see those big jumps rapidly it's like it's not a result of like physical stimulus usually because it's too short of a time period sure it's a result of them just like learning what is actually a good pattern compared to what they thought or what were taught was a good pattern when they were growing up. Yeah, which is key, right? I mean, again, it's not like that they're, like, again, strength takes a long freaking time to develop, right? It's not like, I mean, gosh, we'd all be like, you know, Mr. Universe if we could just magically pick a weight up and be ripped, right? And so, again, when you're talking about a short window, I think that's spot on, right? You're not going to create a massive strength adaptation in six to eight weeks. Sure, maybe you can start getting a little bit if you're in a heavy strength block, but man, that's spot on. When you, if you're in a position of stability, because we see this as well, right? Like pain, you know, they've got pain points, but you start putting them in positions that they're more stable in and, and working those pieces and those tools, you're like, holy crap, I, that, that bolt, that light bulb right. kind of clicks to them. And I think that's really cool yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to see that. So, you know, the guys, you know, Ultimately, how are these guys, you know, over the course of a season, like what does that look like as well? Maybe probably for more your high school guys, right? Like how do you guys walk them through that? Because, again, it's, it's consistency, right? If they can be in here more frequently working through yep. these things, which baseball players are not very good at, right? They're <laughs> like, oh, I'm in season. I don't want to do anything. And, yep. and you, you constantly run that piece. But so how do you guys, you know, educate parents and educate kids on this side of things? Mm -hmm. And then how do you create that consistency level, right? I think well, obviously there's different seasons. You know, of course. you have your in season, your off season. That's that's pretty basic. And then the then you kind of have that buffer hybrid season, which is the fall. Right. But you know, like because there's there are guys that need to go get innings in the fall. Like you know, there's some guys that's like it's a command issue, and they're gonna have to they have to go face hitters. They have to do this or that to figure out how to do that. Or they're they're working on a breaking ball. You want to see it versus hitters or whatever. We're more apt to tell them not to throw in the fall, but sometimes they just cert, certain guys need it. Right. Yeah. And then in end season, like you said, guys don't want to do much in end season anymore. They want to maintain. That's yeah. the word, right? Like it's like, dude, you're, you know, you're 16. You need to get better. Yeah, right. Like, you know, there, there's more yeah. than you're just developing your body, man. Yeah, and it's like, kind of. There's always guinea pigs, right? There's the ones that'll try it out and it works for them, and other ones want to keep doing it. You know, one, one horror story about it that you know we were actually talking about this morning, Drew, was like we had a guy who 
he went from like 74 to 85. It was, it was, wow. it was a big jump in like probably eight months. Wow, like, that's a really yeah, big jump. You know, 11 miles per hour. And then it came time for spring, and it was a senior year. I wanted to play college baseball. Well, hey, it's going to be possible. We just got to get a little bit more. We can do it. And as you know, his his coach was like, hey, you can't train in the spring. You can't go to ward or whatever. You need to focus on this. If you keep training that way, you're going to lose the strike zone. Because he was a strike thrower. He had an okay broken ball. Um, so they basically banned him from coming. Said he couldn't come. Oh, wow. So then he came back um, in June, was back down to 80. Wow. Or no, 78. 78, because then he. So he lost about five or six. Yeah, he lost it. And then he went out for a college tryout, and he was average fastball was 78, was up to 80. And the college coach was like, hey, you, ha- you have really good command, breaking ball is pretty good. You're going to have to average at least 82, 83 to make the team. Yeah. And so, you know, then he has to come back, and we, we're trying to rush to get him back. It's like, he would have made the team if we would have just kept it if riding all the way. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, that's the, you know, the knock of a place like this is, oh, it's not about pitching, it's just throwing hard. Yeah. Which is too true to a degree. Sure. It is, because there, there's a there's a certain velo le- um, level you have to at least be average in your league, or at least a little under, to make the team anyway, for them to even take a second glance at you, right? right. You know, unless you're a sidearm side guy or, a, you know, a lefty that can really spin it, there's, there's outliers, there's outliers right. with everything, but on average, if you're a stock rider, you're going to have to be at least average of the league. Yeah. And so it's kind of trying to get guys to understand that. So, but, and Drew's so good, and you can talk about this some too, but changing the in-season workload, having given them deload weeks, even in the off-season, you do your deload every six to eight weeks, whatever it may be, you know, but, so you can kind of, you talk about that on the programming side, how you. Yeah. Yeah, the, the deload weeks are kind of like, because every throw is tracked here so rigorously, like, if you're just on a rocket ship, right, we're not going to deload. Like, it's like, basically, yeah. like, we kind of wait for that plateau or whatever, um, the numbers will kind of tell you when you, when you need to when you need to deal with it or whatever. And by plateau, you mean, hey, like, you know, velocities, you know, having trouble hitting the metrics you're looking for them yep, to hit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, like, we're looking at video here, like, it seems to be that we're moving pretty well. Like, there's nothing noticeable that we're doing, like, obviously worse. Um, and especially, too, with the with the test we do in the weight room with the G-strength and things like that, we can go in there and test isometric mid thigh or whatever and see, yep. oh, dude, you're like, from where we retested last year, 150 pounds less output wow. relative to where we were in our last retest, right? So clearly just some signs there that the body's fatigued, needs For a break. Sure. Is that a force plate test? Um, it's, an, it's it's basically a crane scale. Okay, gotcha. Um, so you yeah, just hook yeah. it up, pull it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, yep. exactly. Cool. So, Which, again, I think it's important that you get these metrics because we see this as well. We've got some, some technology we use to test athletes as well. And same thing, right? Like, man, they, they're they hitting the things they want to hit, but then you start testing and diving in, and they, they can't hit the metrics they want to hit. Exactly. And that nervous system is shot, right? right? Exactly. And that's where the injuries start popping up, right? They're just cram, you know cramming through it over and over 100%. again. 100%. So cool. So doing some, some, some testing on that. Yeah, so that'll just tell you when you need to deal with but like as far as the programming in season um it becomes becomes really really communication based so you'll see the guys that um are communicating most often tend to have the most success it's like hey man like this is my start this is how many pitches i threw this is when i have to throw again and then we'll lay out the plan right it's like well to get ready for that best that next start like tomorrow obviously it's recovery white throwing no throw whichever you prefer i would do xx and x uh lifting mobility whatever it may be um in-season workload like ten, tends to be like high load, low volume, yep. um, less grip work, like almost always using straps, trying to just take a, a lot of strain off the grip, keep, yeah. keep the forearms fresh as much as we can. And, and the load that it takes on your CNS, like from gripping, like doing RDLs all the time, I think is 
super um, undervalued. Like high school coaches or high school strength coaches don't understand what they're programming um, in season. So just like little conscious things like that to, to program and be aware of, I think makes a huge difference in performance. Yeah, it's just a little subtle thing. Like just paying attention, giving a crap, you know. It's like half these guys, like, you know, they're just in there. Their high school coaches are just putting stuff together for them because that's what they've always done. And there needs to be some level of testing and some level of individualization that should be going on here, which I think right. is really cool that, you know, you guys are doing that to figure out, hey, it's a nervous system shot. What do we need to be doing in season versus out of season? Uh, Spence does a good job with this in our practice as well, from a you know performance standpoint as well. It's like how do you bridge that gap, and what should you be doing at different parts of the year? Because it shouldn't look the same all mm -hmm. freaking year exactly. long, and you shouldn't be trying to play catch up like that last case yep. you guys were talking about. You should be trying to play catch up when the season's over, right? Yeah. Like that's problematic. And the, just changing the changing their blocks makes it not as boring for them. Yeah, you know, they get right. new stuff to do. Yeah, and that's a big that's the mental part of it. Is they kind of. You give them something new and they'll want to do it. You know, they, they get tired of doing the same thing for six, seven, eight weeks. You know, sure. sometimes they get tired of doing it for three days. You know? <laughs> so yeah, we're all humans, right? Like yep. Variety's good, right? So, yep, you swap, swap it up and kind of help them with that. Keep it new. Let them try new things. Yeah. Drew, what are some of the mobility things you see, right, or big limitations or issues you see out of some of these athletes? Because I think that's a big thing, too. It's obviously mobility is a big buzzword for a lot of a lot of kids. I know we see a lot of these issues, too, but I'd love to, from the performance side, what are some of the things you're seeing that these kids are struggling with or even up to the pro level, too? Right. For me, it's like a lot of these kids are just chronically locked in, like, posterior pelvic tilt. Mm -hmm. um, no idea how to, like, open up their spine or whatever. Like, their T-spine is just completely locked down. Um, typically, like, shoulders are normally pretty fine for some reason. Like, I think in Little League and Middle School, like, they teach you how to stretch your shoulders. You know, you do, like, arm yeah. across or arms or whatever. Like, so those tend to be fine. Hips are usually pretty tight, especially internal rotation. Like, you have a lot of these football players that only squat or only – right? And so you just get locked in ER. Um, yeah. just, just those are probably the most common things I see. And the it's like a skill thing, the inability to disassociate, sure. like, lower half rotation from upper half rotation. Oh and just being completely rotating like a screw, right? Just no ability to use elasticity or anything like that. Yeah, which is the biggest key for, I mean, gosh, you can dissociate that. You're gonna get some, some velo increase just from that alone, right? And these guys exactly. who just wanna, hey, I just wanna get my arm strong as heck and I'm gonna try to sling it as hard as possible with my arm. And it's like, great, man, now your arm hurts all the time, right? Yep. And so I think that's, I love that you guys are focusing on that because we look at that as well all the time. It's like, hey, you got elbow pain? Bro, we're looking up and down the chain all day long. It's such a rotational sport. It's not happening just at your arm. Right. You know, if yep. it was, you wouldn't be throwing as hard, hard as you are. So what do you guys see, you know, in the kids, you know, talking to younger athletes, like, you know, what is it? Is it a mentality piece? Is it a, a physicality piece? Like, what is it that you guys see that separates them from the kids who are ultimately going to end up going to play D1 or play pro ball? Like, what is it that they have that, that helps distinguish them? Sure, physical gift can definitely be a big piece of it, right? But So one is um... – it's a quote my dad used to always tell me growing up because my dad's been in professional baseball for over 35 years now. That's crazy. You know, he played for 16 years. He's been coaching the past, I guess, 15. He just did a two-year deal with St. Louis to be their heading, head hitting coach. When he talks about the mental and physical part of the game, he's like, well, it's 100% mental and it's 100% physical. You know, it's not a 50-50. You've got to be all so in good. on both. That's and, so good. You know, one thing I've kind of expanded on, especially with the younger guys, not talking about pro guys, but high school guys, college guys, is who has the, you know, mental capability to push their physical limits you know because yeah. it's, it's tough so it's, good. you know it's that's kind of what I've, I've added on to it on, you know that quote from him is because it, 
I get it, it's tough. I, I've seen his lifts. I don't do them. They're too hard for me. I'm not playing anymore, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not doing it. But so I've seen them. They are tough. The commitment's tough. You know, you're talking about coming in here five days a week, you know, 49 weeks out of the year. Like, yeah. that's a commitment. That's, 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 some, that's some mental strength coming here for five days. Let him beat you up and, you know, you, you learn that you're not as good as you thought you were. That's very tough, too, you know. Then it gets to recruiting time and you start seeing your buddies are committing to SEC schools or wherever wherever they're committing to and you're not yet. And so you still got to keep coming, try to catch them. But, you know, it's the, the guys that don't give up and have the, you know, aptitude to keep pushing themselves and hitting those plateaus like um, Quinn Long and Binky. Those are two that come to mm-hmm. my mind. Bink, Andrew Binky's a freshman at Tennessee. I watched him stuck at 90 for probably a year. I mean, it was close to it. Along, and now he's was he at 95 now? He's mm-hmm. a freshman at Tennessee. Let, you know, he's one of their their weekend guys, right? He could be. Oh. You know, he, he this is this is his first fall. Gotcha. So, yeah, gotcha. but this is his first fall, so he could be. But he's that's a guy who grinded it out. Um, um, Quinn Long. Right. Quinn, Quinn was up what 92 the other day. Mm-hmm. Quinn's been here for almost two years, and I watched him stuck at 88 for. A long time. I mean, even before that, well, he was stuck at 80, and then he was stuck at 84, yep. right? Like, he gets it. Like, he, he understands still. that it's, like, nonlinear, and he, there's going to be yeah. plateaus and flat spots, and you yep. and you change stuff up. But, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about someone who just stuck with it, right? And like, building on those two especially, um, I think the guys that just understand that it's not a fair game, right? Yeah. It's like you see your, your buddy who's a 6'5 lefty that throws 86 uh, commit to Vandy, and you understand that, like, oh, I'm a six-foot righty. I throw just as hard as him, and I do just as good at games as him. But the, the ones that kind of understand that it's not a fair game, and, like, just because he committed to me, doesn't mean I necessarily deserve to be there. Like, I just have to be better. Um, so I remember distinctly, I've had talks with Banky and Quinn, like, yeah, like, Banky, you're five foot nine. Um, you're a lefty, you're up to 90. Typically, like, if you just said lefty up to 90, you're going D1, right? right, right. Well, that's just not the case with you because you're, cause you're five nine. And I told him, like, we just have to be better. We've got to be 90-93. We have to be 91-94 or whatever it may be. He told me he wants to go SEC. We've got to be 92-95. Yeah. And he never, he didn't say that, well, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to do that. Not once. He said, all right, like, what do we have to do? And he did it. That's, that's awesome. Right. And yeah, then, he just grinded, right? Just yeah. keeps showing up. Yeah, like Jake Madden. That's a good one. Jake yeah. Madden was – I mean, he's got the body. It's 6'6". It's, yeah. you know, a buck, a buck 70. Like, yeah. he has to buy the bill. But he was, like, you know, big name in high school committed to South Carolina, um, all of a sudden lost his velo, didn't know what happened, was throwing wow. 87, 88, um, wow. got a PRP, didn't work, got Tommy John, South Carolina pulled a scholarship, um, did his throwing, Drew did his whole throwing program, came back, was, you know, up to 98, Crazy. went to Northwest Florida, signed with the University of Alabama, and then didn't go to Alabama because he got drafted in the fourth round, got a million dollars to play for, you know, the Angels. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and that's a kid who was kind of like, Dang. They were telling him, we don't know what's wrong with you. Why are you not throwing hard anymore? And he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And ended up needing Tommy John. <laughs> but, that is yeah. wild. That is so, wild. I mean, that's a guy. That, that's a good story with that guy, you know? Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that's key, right? Trust the process. Like, it's not linear, man. Right. I mean, it's so true, right? You, get, no. you guys get stuck. You have plateaus. And do you have the mental capability to, to keep showing up and hitting play, yep. right, to, to get past it? So, what do you – what's some of y'all's opinion on, you know, kind of length of season and demand of the season, right, for a lot of these kids? I know we were we were harping on this quite a bit earlier. You know, Spencer and I see it all the time. And, you know, you try to balance that, like, hey, we've got to get some reps and we need to get out there and play. But at the same token, it's like, man, take some time off and, yep. like, work on the things you need to work yeah, on. How do, we, how do we How do we get better? How do we develop this velocity? How do we get stronger? How do we get quicker? All those things if we're always, always playing, always trying to recover from yep. that. You know? the. I mean, there's 
there has to be an off season. There has to be a building time, right? Yeah. And the for college guys, it's the it's the summer. Yeah. You know, which is hard because they're summer ball. Yeah. You know, they want to go to the Cape, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Cape. It gets guys noticed, right? Like, yeah. And then there's also, uh, you know, for the high school guys, it's the fall. It's the fall travel ball season. Right. You know, and it's like, it's tough. It's a it's a case by case method. That's for sure. I would say majority, unless you're going for a purpose, whether that's the Cape Cod League to be scouted or Team USA to be scouted, or if you're a guy who missed time in the spring, you need to go get your innings in the summer. High school guy, maybe they're hurt in the spring or they just didn't play much, they need to go play in the summer, play in the fall. There's there's, there's outliers, there's a case for every, you know, every different situation, but for the majority, and I'll let Drew kind of talk about it more, but you, there's too much volume with, you know, baseball now. There, there is, there's, there's too much, and guys who need to be more safe and Working on stuff in the off season, build, getting bigger, faster, stronger, development, you know, change biomechanical overhauls that you have to do with some guys, you know, yeah. fixing mechanics, everything like that. But, I mean, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I mean, obviously I agree with everything you just said. I think part of it comes from uh, the misunderstanding parents have possibly of, like, what it actually takes to get to where they say they want their kid to be. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want my kid to play D1 baseball. And you and like we said, like, you throw 82-83, <laughs> and you have these summer teams marketing to them oh, they just need to be seen, they just need to be seen, they just need to be seen, and like, yeah. all that does is get your name marked off. Like, right. they're not gonna sit here <laughs> and watch you throw 82, 83 all day and like, think that, oh man, this is the fifth time I've seen this kid throw 82, 83. Like, it, I like him now. It's like, no, that's just not the way it works. <laughs> yeah, and then a big part of, on <laughs> that so is, funny. it's better to be seen really good once than average 10 times. Dude, so you know, true, right, yeah. Because you, know, you, you get the wow effect. Even me as an agent, I go to see a guy and he's really good that day, I'm like, oh man, this. This is the real deal. Yeah. You know, because I saw it once really good. And then if I go back the next week and it's not as good, I'm kind of like, ah, let down a little bit. Yeah, right. You know, so it's the same thing with the whole recruiting process, exposure process. You just show good and be done. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, yeah, I, so I, I think that is a big disconnect. Yeah. Like the parents compared to like, you know, what they think that it just, hey, just keep showing up. Right. Yep. And right. man, you keep showing up average. Yeah. You're not going to get there. Yeah. You know? That's yep. the biggest, and, one of the bigger barriers yeah. is like, is they're ultimately the decision makers in the process at that point in time. Yep. So it's like there's a big disconnect between what the kid needs and what the parent thinks they need. You know what yep, I mean? Right. So how do we like, how do we, how do we balance the scales? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a tough, it's a tough one for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And then like you ask him, it's like, well, uh, why didn't you go to the Cape? And it's like almost always the answer is I wasn't good enough. Or like, why didn't you get on the summer ball team you wanted to go to? Whatever, I wasn't good enough. Or right, and it's like, so why? What are you doing about that? It's not play more right. games. It's like let's there. get good enough, then let's pursue those goals. Like, for yeah. sure. I think that, that I think that's what kills me more than anything. It's like, oh, I wasn't good enough. Well, what are you going to do differently besides just showing up to practice every single day? You got to do something different because yeah, exactly. we see that too. It's like, oh, you know, my shoulders hurt every single season, or my elbows hurt every single season. It's like, well, what are you going to do about it this year so it doesn't hurt? Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to hurt again. You know. Exactly. And so that I think that stuff. Yeah, that absolutely kills us as well it sounds like uh you know frustration on y'all's end as well it's like, oh, man, yeah. you guys gotta just get in and like plug in with somebody who you know like and trust who's got the results to back it up and it's like find somebody and let them take you there you know yep, it's like exactly we talk about this with a lot of our adult clients too but it's like dude if you got a plumbing issue you don't freaking just look it up on youtube and hope you get a better outcome and yep. try to figure it out on your own some people are handy and can kind of figure some of those things out but you just fix it but it's like if you've got you know, you got pain or you're struggling, like getting to where you want to go. 
can hire somebody to help you walk yeah. there as opposed to just trying to show up and guess and hope that it happens. It's yeah. not going to happen by chance. Right. And I think a lot of people just don't understand. And it's easy when you're 15, 16, but you just do not have much time. Yeah. Like, no, I cannot exaggerate. Like, just kids think they have their whole – and I get it. Like, I was the same way. I didn't work very hard when I was in high school, admittedly. But it's like you think you have all this time to get better or you rely on – Oh, like when I get to college, that coach will make me better because he is yeah. a college coach. Like that was my mentality personally. And then you get there and you have this rude awakening of like, oh no, like this guy doesn't know anything. He's yeah, got me yeah. doing towel drills or he's got me throwing bullpens on a two by four. Like I'm, I'm completely <laughs> stuck here. Like, um, so it's just like, don't rely on other people and just like understand that you do not have much time to reach the, the goals you say you want to have or whatever. Yeah, right. I love that. Maximize your little windows you got be consistent as heck much like what you what you did in your own journey like understand what you want right yep and do your due diligence on your own end to like make sure you understand what you need to do to get where you want to be right right exactly i love it i love it guys this has been a really fun conversation diving into all the the great things you guys do how do we you know if we've got you know an athlete who's listening to this how do we get in contact with you guys and uh and potentially reach out and say hey we'd we'd love some help yeah the best way is to eat Either email us or um, DM us on Instagram. That's cool. what a ton of people do. But our email is training at Ward Inc. W A R D I N C dot org. Perfect. And then our um, our Instagram is Ward Performance INS. Perfect. Yeah, yep. I love it. We'll link all that in the show notes as well, and uh, make sure that we uh, we plug that. And so, guys, thanks so much for your help and uh, your insight today. And uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to change the game. Perfect. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at BeReadyPT.com or on Instagram at BeReadyPT. On our website as well as on Instagram, we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.